Right, we're going to continue in our series today, Suddenly. And uh, man, you ever hear the church is boring and, and never get anything done, never changes? Well, that's not what Jesus is like. <laughs> things happen suddenly in the church. And that's what we're talking about, some of the life-giving things that happens in the church. And uh, we're the church, you and me. We make up the church. And uh, we're going to pray and jump into the word for today. There's a little bit of a ring in this mic up here. I don't know if you're hearing it out there. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you want to speak to us today. More than that, Lord, you want to you bring uh, anointing and power into our lives. You want to break bondages and break curses off of our lives. Lord, you want to direct us. You have purposes and plans for us. You want to release us into those. And Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that you have a life-giving word for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about turning problems into praise. And we're uh, speaking from the book of Acts these days. Last week, my sermon was based in the book of Acts. And I hardly even and, uh, read any verses out of there. So today, we're going to just turn right to the book of Acts. If you got your Bible, I have some of the verses up on the screen. If you don't, if you got your phone, you can look on there on your U version. And we're reading from Acts chapter 3, verse 1. So it says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. <laughs> That's when they were going to church. They were going to church to pray at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. You know, people go to church for different reasons. Huh? Some people are going to pray. Sometimes it's out of habit. You know, that can be okay. You can be going to church out of habit. You can be just going because you feel like it's the right thing to do. It's, it, it seems like that's what I did last Sunday, so I should do it again this Sunday. That can be okay. And uh, people can be going for other reasons. There's, there's this uh, lame guy who's going uh, to beg. He's, he's going to, because uh, he knows there's Christian people walking by there and they're generous. And he said, this is a good spot. You ever go through the Tim Hortons drive through or something and there's somebody's steak there with the sign or something or, or whatever. They know that's a good spot, right? So here's a guy, different reasons to go to church. Different reasons. Well, I want to I say, uh, when I come to church, I'm not going out of habit. No, and I'm not going to beg. I'm going because I want to encounter the living God. I want to encounter the King of Kings. I want to encounter the Lord of Lords. I want to encounter him in his word. I want to encounter him by his spirit. I want to encounter him through fellowship and through worship and through prayer and all of the things that are happening. I want to encounter my living God. So it says this man was lame from birth, and he was being carried to the temple gate, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. You know, there's many choices that we have in this life. Many choices. But there's one choice that we do not have. And that is the choice to experience trouble. Everyone 
will experience trouble. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you would have peace. In this world you will have, here's the promise, trouble. You will have trouble. He said it, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Isn't that great? To know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We can know we can know the Prince of Peace. How do we experience peace in the face of trouble? Because we know him. <laughs> we know the Prince of Peace. We know trouble's going to come, but we know who our God is, and we can hold on to him. We can hold on to the peace that he gives even in the midst of trouble. You do not have a choice. You will face trouble. In fact, you can tell the person beside you, if you're not in trouble, you will be. It's coming. It's coming. It will happen. Jesus is telling us we will have trouble. And I want to just say, Peter and John were going to the temple. They weren't looking for trouble. They were looking for the presence of God. And there was someone there encountering trouble. Huh? There was someone there. You might be here today and think, I don't have peace. I have trouble. Well, I want to tell you, you've come to the right place. You've come to the house of God. It's not because I have something great. It's because I know the Prince of Peace is here. I know the one who can help you in the midst of your trouble is here. And that is why we want to go to the house of God. Because we want to encounter the one that can help us. The one that says, take heart. Take heart. He is here. Man, I love Pastor Kimmy read those verses out of Revelation today. Jesus' vision for the church. Why he laid his life down. Why he gave it all up for us. He saw the ocean of people. <laughs> he saw it all. Every tribe. Every color of people. Every culture of people. Every language of people. It's just exciting. And we can take heart. And Jesus is telling us the choice that we have when we encounter trouble is to put our faith and our hope in him. Why? Because he's overcome the world. So verse 4, Peter says, uh, Peter, it says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. You know, the church, you and I, we're Jesus manifest on the earth. Jesus said, you are my body. He, that's, what, that's what we are. We're the body of Christ. That's what Paul taught in the book of uh, Corinthians. We are the body of Christ. You and I, we make up Jesus' body here on the earth. His arms and legs and feet and hands. And praise God, Jenny was talking about the mercy ministry, the, the hands of Jesus. Ministering to the poor. So Jesus, uh, the church is Jesus manifests on the earth to bring the gospel to the world. Now the choice of who uh, is, is who we will look to in this world. So here's a guy, here's a guy that's lame. 
and he is looking to something that's not Jesus. The, the word says he's looking to, to what? To money. He's looking to silver and gold. And, uh, and that's what we oftentimes do in the world, is we look to uh, other gods. And, uh, and I just love this opportunity that is created. You know, here's the God of money. Here's the living God. And uh, here's a guy that's looking to the God of money to deliver him. And Peter and John have a, an interesting response. So I just want to take a few minutes and flip over to the book of John. Because Jesus addresses this choice in the book of John in verse six, starting chapter 16, verse 9. And uh, I, I might have a few of those verses up on the screen too, but not all of them. If you have your Bible, that'd be good. Uh, I think that's actually supposed to be Luke 16. I have the wrong thing written in my notes. He says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to, uh, who will commit to, your, tr to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? In verse 13, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. See, mammon uh, often, in fact, if you're reading in your, in your modern translation, it, it's possibly it's translated as money. But mammon, the word Jesus was using for riches or, or money was the word mammon. And the mam, what mammon referred to is the false god of riches. He was a Syrian god, and the Syrian god promised if you would put your faith in him, he would deliver your life with riches. <laughs> he would make you rich, and you would be delivered. The spirit of mammon, Jesus is teaching in these words, says you don't need God if you have me. <laughs> that's what the spirit of mammon says. And that's one of the reasons why when we preach about money, it gets very quiet, right? That's one of the reasons, because we're addressing a spirit. We're addressing a spirit that says, you don't need God. Don't let God come into this place in your life, in this area of your life, the money area of your life. Mammon is an arrogant, proud spirit that wants you to depend on it so that you won't 
depend on God. That's the goal of the spirit of mammon. It's a God that desires your loyalty. He wants your loyalty. You know, God has many, time, has many names in the, in the Bible. One of the names uh, that you'd be familiar, familiar with is uh, God calls himself love. In the book of John, he says, it says God is love. It's a name that's ascribed to God. But his names don't just describe what he does. His names identify who he is. So God doesn't just love. God is love. God cannot uh, act in any other way but in his identity of love. He can't go against himself. The book of Revelation, chapter 22, 13, says that, that he is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You know, God is first. <laughs> God is first. No matter what we do or what we see in the world, what problems are going on around us, God is first. God cannot be anything but first. No matter how bad things look to you, God is not troubled. He cannot be second. He can't be third or fourth or fifth. God is first. Number one, no matter what we do, no matter what the devil does, God is first. He can't be anyone else. This uh, doesn't mean, though, that the devil won't try. Huh? He wants to try. I want to tell you, the church, the church, we know the identity of God. We know who our God is, and therefore we can, we can uh, uh, walk in our identity. Now, there's three things God does when we break the spirit of mammon, when we when we Give to God. When we break off the spirit of mammon that says that we need to be in charge of giving. Now, I want to just clarify to you. I'm not preaching this message because the church needs money. Okay? I'm not concerned about the finances of the church. I'm not concerned about paying Pastor Kimmy this week on the end, at the end of the month. I'm not concerned about that. Because my God will provide. So I'm not preaching this message uh, because uh, uh, I'm concerned about the finances of the church. But the first thing that God does when we give is my first point is it clarifies who God is. He's the God who provides all things. It says to the devil, my God is number one. <laughs> my God will provide for me. I don't need the God of mammon. I don't need the God of riches in my life. But disappointments can happen in our lives. Hurts can happen. Failures can happen. Things can happen. Lack can happen. It can cause our loyalties to be challenged or loyalties to change. And I want you to know that the devil wants to use these things to cause you to question God's ability question God's character, to question God's love. <laughs> Jesus answered, uh, talked about this battle in verse 13. He said, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one 
and love the other, or he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both. You can't serve God and mammon. When something goes wrong in your finances, <laughs> your car breaks down, your fridge, your washing machine breaks down. <laughs> All those things happen. It's a place where the enemy can say, see, you can't trust God. And it reveals where our loyalty lies. Is it in our money or is it in God? Is God the God of provision? If you're loyal to mammon, Jesus said, he said, if you're loyal to it, you will despise God. And you'll say things like, God, why is this happening to me? Why did you let this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? Huh? That's what Jesus said. Mammon, though, gives empty promises to give us all the things that only God can give us. Mammon promises fulfillment. It promises joy. Promises peace, security, love. Promises significance. If you just had more money, then if you had more money, you would have a better marriage. You would have better kids. In fact, you would have better friends. If you had more money, you would have, you would have a better life. You would have better opportunities. You would be able to do more for others. That's what the God of Mammon says. But it's actually not the God of Mammon that does those things. You know who provides those things? It's God that provides all those things. It's God that will give you a better marriage. It's God that will give you better children. It's God that will help you to be a better friend. It's God that will give you more opportunities. Our God is the God who provides. Jesus is saying only God can give you what you need. Money doesn't help people. God helps people. That's what happens. Second thing that happens when you give is that God shows himself to be the answer to our problems. Jesus said that if he had, uh, can you imagine if Jesus would have said, if I just had more money when he was walking on this earth, then I could help that person. Then I could you know, I could have fed the 5,000. I could have healed that leper. I could have given sight to that blind. If I just would have had more money. No, he never, he never heard him say any of that. It's not a question of God or money. We need God alone. Man, I tell you, I am praying. I am believing God for miracles. Because we don't need money we need God to act. In fact, I was just telling someone this week, you know, when my kids were small and now I have young grandchildren, I don't think if I just had more money, then their hearts would change. Then I could help them be better kids. No, I've prayed this prayer. If I prayed it once, I've prayed it a thousand times. God, change their hearts. Soften their hearts. Give them a heart that's after you, God. Do what I can't do, Holy Spirit. When they're laying on their beds, oh God, I pray you would come to them and whisper into their hearts. God, do what I can't do. Because we don't need the God of money. We need the God who is the answer to our problems. Man, 
I am praying when people come into this, into this gathering, not, into, not even so much this building, but as we gather and encounter the presence of God, bondages would be broken. Wisdom would come to you. Peace would come on your heart. Prayers would be answered. How many of us have prayed? How, how many times have we prayed and the devil said, you know what, there, there, God won't, God can't do it. <laughs> but our God is the God who provides. Our God is the God who's the answer to problems. Man, I think back to my own life. <laughs> if someone would have looked at me, they would have said, that's a hopeless situation. That family, that broken family, alcohol, broken lives, broken dreams, just a mess. A mess. Poverty. Thank God that he had a different, different eye, eh? a different vision. That he could see people that he wanted to redeem. He saw lives he wanted to change. He saw hope when there was no hope. He saw a problem that he could solve. You know, sometimes we look at the problem, but God wants us to look at the miracle. You know, sometimes we're walking by a person and we see a problem and God wants us to see a miracle. God wants to use you to bring a word of hope, to bring a word of faith, to say a prayer that will change someone's situation. Change someone's circumstance. And it's not money that's going to do it. It's our great God who's the answer to problems. Jesus is the answer. Mammon is a spirit that rests on money. And as I said, we know it's a spirit because it can talk. Right? It talks to us. It tells us what to do with our money. When the pastor talks about it, he talks to you. Right? It's just how it goes. We know it's, a, it's a, a spirit. Our money either has God's spirit on it or it has the spirit of mammon on it. Now, the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. When we give God uh, the first of our money, when we give him our tithe, we redeem our money, Jesus tells us. Proverbs 3, 9, 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops. The first fruits, right? That's the first, right? And the reason why that's significant is because it's giving God the first thing you get. Not the last thing you have, right? It's not saying, once you do everything you need to do, then give to God. No, he's saying, when you get some money, the first thing you do is you give God his, what belongs to him. You bring it to him. Then your barns will be filled, it says, to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. When we give God the first, we redeem our money, and we break that spirit that's on our money. And this can happen in other areas as well. If you're experiencing lack in your life, you know, sometimes the devil is just causing you to, to look to other things for fulfillment. And I want to urge you 
Give your lives to God. As we were singing, Joel was leading us. You know, if it's my life you need, then you have it. <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's uh, uh, fragrance, which is in the Bible talking about our wealth, then you can have it. You know, all these things. You can have what I have, God, because it's going to break those spirits. Number three, the last thing that will happen when we give to God. When we give to God, God will redeem the lives of others. Now, he who is faithful with little, Jesus says, will be trusted with more. So what should we do with our money? Well, we start by being faithful with what we've been given. We give the first thing, the tithe to the Lord to honor him. Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. It's set apart to the Lord. It's his, the Bible is saying. The tithe is holy. It's, it's God's. And John, uh, in 16 verse 9, says, And I say to you, Jesus says, make friends for yourself uh, by unrighteous mammon. And this, this verse kind of confused me sometimes when I read it. And I just want to clarify an understanding of these words. That when we take unrighteous mammon, when we take money uh, that we've earned, that's got the spirit of mammon on it, how do we, how do we uh, deal with it? Well, what we do is we tithe to God. We bring it into the church. And what happens? It says people will become our friends. People will come into the kingdom of God. And when you fail, that means when your life ends, when, when your money dries up, when everything is over, you would re- uh, they would uh, be receiving you into an everlasting home. You'll be together with them in the kingdom of God. And it's teaching, Jesus is teaching us to break the spirit on our money by giving to God what is his. To use it to accomplish his work. Now tithing is a principle that God uses to break the unrighteous spirit that is on money. So it is this is one of the reasons we start with giving what we've been given is we bring it to God. Our money will tell you that uh, you're to trust it. And therefore, don't give it to God. But Jesus said, start by being faithful when you have little. Now, uh, one of the things I've learned as your pastor, and I was talking about this a little bit, is that when God asks us to do something as a church, it isn't the money that I look to. The first thing, I don't, I don't go and look at the budget. I don't go look at our bank account and say, should I obey God? Money, should I, should I do what God wants me to do? And I want to urge you, you don't live like that either. When God asks you to do something, the first thing you don't, you don't look to is money. But look to God because he's the one that's promised to you. To be faithful to you. To bless you if you're faithful to him. Okay, I look to him as your pastor, and I say, you know what, we need to be faithful. Somehow we need to trust him with what we have. This is not hard to do if we trust God. It's not hard to do if we trust God. If we trust money, though, it can be very difficult. You know, Psalm 31 says, in you alone will I put my trust now, I have this card, a prayer card here, 
uh, and this is uh, 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 Tom and Jenny. And Pastor Kimmy referred to missionaries earlier. Tom and Jenny were just sent to an unreached people in the earth. They have no gospel witness. And church, we were able to raise, uh, it takes a miracle campaign in December, uh, money and commit $7,200 to go to their, their outreach mission to this unreached people of the earth. Which is very, that's very cool. God helped us raise money and, and thank God. That was a vision that he gave me and uh, gave our church. And you, you uh, participated and, and embraced the vision and have been praying. Some of you have been praying already for them. And uh, the neat thing about it is as we've been giving our unrighteous mammon, Tom and Jenny are going to an unreached people. And you know what? You are going to have friends in the kingdom of God. And you know, one day they will come to you in heaven and they'll say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I never would have heard. I was living in this unreached people. No one brought the message of hope to us, but you did. You did. That's what I'm talking about. You will have friends in the kingdom of God. I have a few prayer cards they sent me. I've been giving them out. I think I have eight or nine of these. Do you want to take them, Marlene? And just if you would like a prayer for them, if you don't take one, if you won't pray for them, but if you want prayer, uh, just put your hand up and Marlene will hand you one. Tom and Jenny are, are uh, 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 young people. With, you'll see on the picture, they're young kids. And they've committed their lives to serving God in this way. Now, uh, I want to just say, our elders met with Tom and Jenny on, uh, on uh, Zoom. A couple, maybe about a month ago. And they were in Canada still. They're waiting for their visas and all the, the red tape and all that stuff, the government paperwork to come through. And, and uh, they, they uh, were just expressing some of their frustration to us. And as an as a elders team, uh, we prayed with them. And we had an exciting time of prayer. And we committed uh, the gift that we had to them. And uh, I talked to them about a week. I don't even think it was a week after that. And everything had come through. And they are now in, in that place. They're in that, in that place. And I'm not referring to it by name because they've asked us not to do that on the video. So we're, we're protecting that uh, for them. Now, if you've given, then I want you to know right now, you're making friends that will be in the kingdom of God. This is how we turn our problems to praise. We give to God what is his. We put him first. We make room for him to do what, he, what we can't do. When we bring the tithe into the church, we're welcoming others into the kingdom of God. Now last Sunday, I believe there was, there was six people that gave their lives to Christ, either in this room or some that you're online. Uh, people turned their hearts Toward Jesus. Why does that happen? Was it just because Pastor Greg preached a good message? Was it just because, you know, 
you know, we have a nice chairs or whatever. Why did people give their hearts to Jesus? It's because you were faithful in giving to God what is his. And he says, if you give to me what is mine, you will have friends in heaven. I believe that's the answer. That we give to God. We break that spirit. We break that false spirit off of our lives. Off of people's lives by doing the right thing. What Jesus said. We give to God what is his. Jesus said in verse 11. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Now, true riches he's talking about there are those people. The things that can't be taken from you. True riches in his message is not money. It's people coming into the kingdom of God. Only thing that you can take to heaven with you are people. Heaven is being populated by what? By my giving. And hell is being robbed. God is giving souls to you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I just want to turn back as they're coming to the book of Acts and read the rest of that story in Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 6. It says, Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. <laughs> what, a great, what a great statement, eh? He said, I don't have anything in my pocket. <laughs> I don't got nothing. But what I do have, I am going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what I got. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I want to see more of that. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, the best way to break the spirit of mammon is to give. Let's stand up. I want to encourage you. We're going to do something with this message next week. Next week is the first Sunday of the month. And uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity next Sunday to bring your offering. Okay? If you ever read about the tithe in the Bible, it says bring it to God. Bring it to God. And I want to, uh, you can start to play, that's fine. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have the opportunity for everyone to bring their offering to God. Bring their gift. And what, I w what I'm really giving you the opportunity to do is to break the spirit of mammon off your money. Right? Give God an opportunity to bless you. Okay? Right on. Let's have a prayer. You guys are very quiet. That's okay. That's, that's okay. I get it. I get it. God is good. God is our provider. God is the one who will solve our problems. God is the one who's going to give us friends in heaven. 
when we give. <laughs> and I want you to know, as your pastor, I tithe. Okay? I'm not here asking you to do something I don't do. In fact, I ask all our leaders, all our staff to tithe. Not because I want their money. Because I want them to be blessed. I want the spirit of, of, uh, of depending on our money to be broken off. Because it's a false God. It's false. It will lie to you. It'll tell you it can do things that it can't do. It'll promise you things it can't promise. Yeah. So we submit our hearts and our lives to you. And we do it as we step out in faith and follow you in this act of giving. And I, I just pray, God, that the enemy wouldn't twist these words in our hearts. But, Lord, you would help us to see through. Help us to see through. Help us to see the truth. Help us to know the truth. Give us faith, God. Maybe we've lacked faith in this area. Pray this wouldn't be a condemning word. But give us faith. Increase our faith. Increase our faith to step out and trust you, God. Yeah, give us what we don't have, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, you might be here today for the first time. Maybe, maybe you've been here before, but you've never given your heart to Jesus. Jesus wants to uh, redeem your life. Maybe you've been broken. Maybe you just see problems everywhere. Maybe you're caught in, in uh, destructive habits and just... You just are just feeling drawn to freedom that's found in Jesus. And I'd just love to lead you in a prayer this morning before we go. Just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I open my heart to you. And Lord, I confess I need you. I am sinful. And I ask, Lord, you would forgive me. Redeem my life, God. Set me on a new path. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I'm committing my life to follow you, Lord. Amen.